0: Hello, and welcome to Sutra Sidewatch, episode six. I'm your host, Cameron Shushtar, and with me is- I'm Brandon from Apollo City Comics. And today we have our special guest. We have here Alessandra, if you want to come in and introduce yourself.
1: Hello, I'm Alessandra. I'm a music educator and a Studio Ghibli enthusiast.
0: Ooh, and- That's an intro. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on because today, We are still in Miyazaki month, or as I like to call it, Miyazaki March. And we're doing his second film, or third film technically, because we still didn't do Lupin. Uh, We're talking about Castle in the Sky today. And I thought, who better to have than the one person who knows everything about Castle in the Sky. (laughs) And it's going to be, almost, but uh, it's going to be like last episode a little bit where Brandon and I are probably going to be floored by the knowledge of our guest here. Most likely, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I do want to point out uh, <laughs> this came out in 1986 and this was written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki and I believe it was based on an already existing story if I'm correct.
1: Uh yeah. So, um he wanted to make a Treasure Island or Gulliver travel Gulliver's Travels inspired story. Um and uh, he Wanted to make it about just a floating city in the sky. <laughs> um, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, um, I was kind of confused about you know what this story was based on for a little while because there was a, I have the art book here in front of me and it had like talk of like the the Ramayana or something like that where. Um, he took some inspiration on like some of the names, like Sheeta, Sita is the oh, that makes yeah, sense. yeah. Sita is one is like the main character or one of the main characters in the Ramayana, but he didn't take it directly from that. He took it direct he she was actually um uh inspired off the name uh the Greek letter Theta. And he just did that for he did Ashida instead of theta sorry instead of you know the greek letter theta but that's oh, wow. uh that's where her vo- that's where her name comes from okay yeah okay,
0: interesting yeah so cuz cool. i'm like it's such a random i'm like you never hear that name ever yeah no, it's, it's all it's of it's them very are unique. unique in
2: this one to mm-hmm. tell yeah. the truth mm-hmm. they kind of floored me and you know again like i'm not this is my first time watching this whole universe i've i'm like still kind of diving into all this so all the information to me is like, oh my gosh, like compared to the other episodes where Cameron and I are just like years of research that I've had like personally on Fight Club and like James Bond and stuff. And now we're finally getting like information. So we're just kind of like, oh, dang, this is every single fact is just shocking to us right now. Oh yeah. Totally
0: <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, this is probably my second time watching it. I've watched it once before. So I feel like a lot of the stuff I saw the first time completely left my mind. And I was just watching it and I'm like, oh, I totally forgot this and this and then this and also this. So it's it's been a fun uh, rewatch and definitely, definitely different than Nausicaa, at least that we talked about previously.
2: Yeah. I was kind of like, blown away because I, I saw it twice over this past weekend
0: um just to kind of catch
2: up and really absorb it like Nausicaa for some reason captured me and I saw it once through and I was just like blown away and I was like I have so much information and like so many themes and like stuff like that were going on and it felt like insane like how well put together it was Castle in the Sky I do think it was really good I just wasn't as amused as Nausicaa Um, I think some parts were more drawn out, but you kind of like take the beauty into it as well. Mm -hmm. But once it started getting rolling, I don't know, he has a thing I I feel with both films. Like he sets up the characters right away and then we go into the conflict about 20, 30 minutes in and it's like a total twist from what you were expecting. And that's what... That's what I loved about this one was like the robot came out of nowhere and falling from the sky and that's how we lead into it. And then you kind of try to figure out what, you know, English voice actors there are too. Uh, Mark Hamill, I was just waiting for him to <laughs> Again, pop up. like. Yeah. yeah, another Mark <laughs> Hamill appearance here. But it it was kind of, it was a lot slower. It wasn't as thematic as Nausicaa I think that's why I think that's what I was kind of expecting a movie full of like heavy themes like coursing like almost every two or three per act practically and this one kind of had like one or two really subtle ones that were strong and to the point which I guess he had his idea a bit more centered or something about this one but it is like brilliant imagination like without a doubt compared to anything we have here in the western
1: Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah um Brandon, you said you went you said uh, something along the lines of like the themat- about like thematic um you you talked about like the theme and stuff and how mm-hmm. in Nausicaa, the themes were more gratifying to you. Uh so when I when I was uh reading up on um what led Miyazaki to uh produce and write this movie and direct it and everything, he Nausicaa was like his his baby at the time. That was the only thing that he, like he wrote the manga about it. He was, mm-hmm. he released it all throughout Japan and he had a, an adult fan base already. So mm. he wanted to, he wanted to uh, release something that caters to um, not only his fan base too, but like to younger kids because he, because I read in the introduction that um he saw a lot of ele- elementary school age kids at the theater as well when Nausicaa came out. So oh, he, okay. yeah, and since he did a lot of work, he's done a lot of work in animation at this point, uh, like in Conan, um, uh, Lu- Lupin, and um, a couple others that are not d- that are not coming up to me right now
2: did you like conan like conan the barbarian yeah not, i was thinking the same i was like wait not,
1: <laughs> yeah no not conan the barbarian uh it just says it just says um dang it let me look it up <laughs>
0: you're about to open the floodgate to a bunch of other questions <laughs> once you mentioned conan it was yes. like hang okay. on a minute yes okay <laughs> check this out that's um conan that's- the
1: boy in the future
2: Oh, okay, okay.
1: Yes, cool. not Conan like, the Barbarian. <laughs> that's, all right, That's, <laughs> like, that's
2: going to yeah. be insane. I could only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is he in
0: America? Is there a Japanese version? I have so many... Yeah, yeah it was like that whole... <laughs> awesome, though. Yeah, no. And I, I do get what you're saying about, like, definitely wanting to get a much younger audience in on this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's such a difference in tone, whereas Nostica, you do feel a lot more serious uh, aspects. And, you know, both films have... Death occur still. Like you still yep. have people dying. Like obviously there's an entire airship of guys that get dropped from the sky. <laughs> and yep. So there's people falling to their deaths and you already know, like, oh, that's gonna be a big old splat there. Yeah. But <laughs> there's so much more humor in this one than there is in Nausicaa. Like you have yeah. the the strongest guy from the pirates plus, you know, uh Pazu's uh, is it Patsu or Pazu?
1: Uh, I hear both ways. Um, I do it based on the Engli- the Disney English dub, the Patsu, like pots okay. and then zoo.
0: <laughs> gotcha. So that yeah, Patsu, Patsu's boss and the pirate dude. You know they have the they have the like bro the, like the flex off yeah. and then they start like knocking each <laughs> other off. Like they just keep like punching each other and it's great because it starts like a whole yeah like three on three dudes versus a town brawl. Yeah. Yes. And you also just the pirates in general. Are just hilarious. Yeah. Like they're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pirate leader, the, the mom. Dola. She just
1: <laughs> Dola. So she's awesome. yeah, fantastic. There, there's a bit on Dola in here as well. Um, yeah, Miyazaki wanted to make her not like your typical mother, motherly figure. Um, <laughs> not the not so gentle, not so not so like the typical caring, nurturing. Uh, mother that you normally see or that you were probably raised with. Um, Goodness gracious, I should have labeled these. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: because definitely you have the pirates are pretty much... All your sons are adults. Yes, and there's there's
1: a bit about her three sons in this book too. Um, (laughs) Oh, excellent. (laughs) Yeah, but for Dola... um, yeah, so Miyazaki has worked with a lot of fathers uh, up to this point, so he's so he thought, okay, well, I'll do, I'll do. This is his first like mother figure, mm. and rather than the warm and mo- the warm and kind mom figure, she's the sort of mom who give a bad kid bad kid a kick and do what she can to help to help if she sees something in you. So mm. yeah, she, I. Don't know if her three kids are biological. I think they are biological because they call the they call her mom. But and then um, they still, I think
0: they still refer to the dad as like dad. At yeah. that point, like the engineer dude. Yes. Who's hell short?
2: Yes. <laughs> that's very true. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Nazikov is really about father figures. We really didn't have any motherly ones. Yeah. Um, that's super cool and yeah that totally makes sense you know it is his like the first movie out of this company coming out to try to just get a broader age range and see what kind of lands and whatnot it is uh a bit slower in pace because of that, so that totally adds up. And plus, uh, James Vanderbeek's character—he's
0: <laughs> <laughs> James <laughs> Vanderbeek.
1: Vanderbeek—the name gets just, me. It's a, I, all of the I lines I are adorable. Saw,
0: I loved him. I—I like, I so couldn't cute. believe it though. i, I when we you know the credits are starting up and it's the you know it's the Disney dub, so I look at the the names and I'm like, yeah, Mark Ham Vanderbeek. What are you yeah. doing here? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> so shocked. I'm just if you know his past, it's it's yes. hilarious. And but. his
1: voice is so it's so particular. Like you can easily mm-hmm. pick it out. Like I have um I have Kiki's Delivery Service on the VHS and uh cat and Castle in the Sky was uh like one of the like the previews and stuff. And his voice um, when I watched it the first time, I'm just like. Oh gosh, that's right. <laughs> that's Batsu. <laughs> that's James Vanderbeek. What the heck? <laughs> it's just so particular. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the cast is, you know, it's, you don't think about, you don't know that, like, you're like, James Vanderbeek's in this. And then you're yeah. like, Anna Paquin's in this. Because, yeah. you know, she, it's like, I don't know how young she is at this point because, like, her, uh, there's like a full accent there as she's voicing uh, Sheeta. And it's just, it's, you, it takes me out a few times Because sometimes I recognize that it's her And then at other points I, It's like it's almost like it sounds like a completely different person Because like I've watched her in what X-Men and True Blood So I'm just like I'm not used to it Because I'm like oh she usually sounds more southern than this mm-hmm. But it's so hard to pinpoint it at certain points yeah. It's great And you know that's what's funny about Mark Hamill's voice Is that
2: the moment it starts like two lines in And you're just like that's Hamill isn't it Yeah, and then, like you just know you, He He almost doesn't switch it up at all. Like he just has that signature like tone and he knows he can't. We almost got a Joker laugh for like a moment when it started Uh, towards the end. Like he had when he gets control of the ship. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're just like, is he going to break it? And he knows how to keep it subtle just not to hit that signature laugh. But it's the same pattern and everything, too. And compared to everyone else, like you could kind of be like, is could that be, you know, and then you have to look it up and find out. But with Mark, you're just like, it's, you, it's the yeah. same thing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> almost not even trying. But no matter where you turn, you can't leave this guy either. Like, I didn't expect to see him voice acting on these films. And the more, like, old cartoons we've been watching and everything, I'm just like, Mark Hamill's in this too? Like, how many things? This guy is always working, like, 24-7. Yeah. He's it's He's always awesome. somewhere.
0: 'Cause he, he voices Musky. He voices the main villain in this and like Nausicaa, he voices one of the uh, He voices he, like, the, the leader mayor, of the I think,
1: or something like that. The mayor I think of it was um
0: The Pedge guy. Yeah, Pageite. Yeah
1: yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: the one that like knocks it. he's like yeah, charge besides um Oh, I just forgot the Pedgeite kid's name. But anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh just yeah, call him Shia LaBeouf's cast. character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah. another. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, you know, this movie's got Shia James LaBeouf. Vanderbeek. The last movie's got Shia LaBeouf. It's just a whole <laughs> array of people here. But one, one character by voice, I knew immediately was uh, the, the general's general.
1: voice. Yes. Yeah, Sticky Pete. <laughs>
0: Jim Sterling. Yeah, he's Pete from like every Mickey Mouse thing yes. or Goofy movie, if you want to say it. But I knew it just like. Uh, he his voice is so particular where you can just tell it's like that gruffy pete voice where he's like hey goof what are you doing over here and i i it's always funny because i noticed him before like actually in like rpgs with like elder scrolls i I would hear him and i'm like Mm -hmm. is that pete from goofy movie and i'm just like in a fantasy world stabbing people i'm just like pete what are you doing here stab but yeah, he's, he's also all over the place, too. And I'm very now curious, at least for these future, you know, eventually getting to these other Miyazaki films and eventually, uh, you know, going to start spotting and looking like, hey, is Mark Hamill in here? Is Jim Sterling in here? Are these guys... Like, how many people are reoccurring? But also, just like we talked about before with Nausicaa, it's it's so unbelievable how big of a cast they have here mm-hmm. of, like, big names and... It brings in mind the dub because you look at it and you look at like the IMDb and it says Disney dub. And then you're like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right, there was two dubs for Nausicaa. There's two dubs for this as well.
1: Yes, there is two dubs for Castle in the Sky. Uh, The... First dub was released, um, and I put I put down like three different names because that's just what I saw. So it's so I put down 198 English dub one 1989 Magnum Tokuma and Streamline. So I think that's like the name of the studio or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I put the name of the person who voiced uh, certain the, certain characters next to them, and none of them uh i have ever heard before (laughs) um yeah
2: Yeah. doing a little bit of research i didn't know anyone from that dub like i don't know i recognize maybe one or two of them but the the rest i'm just like it's not nearly as popular so when you stream it right now um is like the one on disney the same one that as hbo max can you find differences or the two dubs in different places
1: uh I have never found the. I've never ever found the first English dub. Oh. Uh, I've only found the Disney dub. Um, the DVD Blu Ray copy that I have is only the Engli- Is only the Disney dub. Mm-hmm. Um, it you can set it to Japanese if you want to. I know on the Blu Ray you can, but I'm not sure about um the DVD. But I know on the Blu Ray you can set it to the Japanese dub if you want. And um, there's actually. So. Uh, I learned about this from a video that I watched by Captain Christian. Um, There were two. There were. There's two different releases of Castle in the Sky. um, One with an extended musical score, and one without an extended musical score. And that was because um, when before it was released in the states, um, they uh, the the person. the person was telling Joe Hisaishi, "Hey, um you need to add more music to this because the Americans might feel a little uncomfortable with the amount of silence that you have." <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> And you know, he was like, "Yeah, sure, okay." So he added like eight more minutes to the score. Um oh, wow. but it was the thing about uh the about castle in the sky that um a lot of people and Captain Christian included was uh was uh the the uh soundscapes that you hear um oh yeah definitely he, yeah so he went on about like how amazing the sound design was so you hear it particularly um if you don't listen if you don't watch the extended score version uh when they get up to the when they get up to laputa uh they um and they uh you know they go around and they and they kind of explore a little bit and then they discover that oh the oh goliath has just gotten there and um they have captured the pirates and everything you can hear like the wind blowing you can hear them tip tapping on like the shoe. they're tip tapping Mm. on the shoes and everything when the with the music you can't hear that so you kind of that takes away the experience oh, of awesome. them actually being in the sky um <laughs> in that oh wonder and that awe so in that blu-ray copy you can you can he you can have the english dub with that with the original score the it just won't be like dolby digital surround so you have to like turn up the volume just ever so slightly a little bit more yeah that's so cool yeah it
2: gives you more of an immersive understanding of like that moment too Mm -hmm. oh man that's super interesting i would love to like compare because it's kind of like a trade-off too you know what i mean like cinematically and if you get a really good feeling out of like being in that soundscape that's like gratifying But also you also get the amazing music trade-off You know what I mean? Like it's one of those like Ah, it's hard to choose which one would be better I'd probably go with the landscapes personally Because it adds to that moment But he's also such a great composer It's like, well, I guess it's not like Ugh. They didn't just add random dialogue or something The, you amount, know
1: what of, I mean? so. the amount of times I listen <laughs> I listen to Joe Hisaishi's music Especially for, um, you know, Miyazaki's uh, movies and stuff. Uh, when they when when 2020 ended and Spotify came out with like that year year in review, yeah. <laughs> I had like maybe five songs by Joe Hisaishi that was on oh, wow. like my top. Oh, wow. That was in like my top 100. And yeah, so cool. yeah, I love him <laughs> so much. I I admire him. <laughs> it's, I do yeah.
0: like the. With that area, especially because, you know, it being silenced and you're just getting the sound there, you know, they're at the edge, they're at the cliff. And at one point, you know, Patsu's jumping and nearly falling for his life. Like if he keeps not getting up that like pillar, uh, it's all very, you feel the tension there, which mm-hmm. is nice because if you had the music, even though, you know, you can always make tension with music. But in these films, it definitely really isn't that. It's more so you're getting fantasy and you're getting yeah. wonder. So, this really puts it into perspective compared to, like, the other portions. Like, if you look at the garden, you know, it that's a lush landscape filled with birds and animals and things. And, you know, it's filled with wondrous music, though. So, it kind of drowns it out at the same time.
1: Yeah. Ugh.
2: That's a cool thing he does, too, is that he really connects you to things that aren't human. You know, Nausicaa, we were really connected to the Ohm. the omes I believe they're called, right? Yeah, the omes, um,
0: the giant like beetle things, yeah. Yeah,
2: and here we're connected very much to like even the robots like from the moment, you know, we kind of meet them like you could tell he's scared and worried. Like you get so much feeling and emotion out of them without them portraying that. Yeah. and even because they're the robots speed. too.
0: Emotion from robots. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, and like yeah. Even, the, even the way they like speak, like the the tones and everything, the musical like notes and everything. I thought that
1: was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It gives <laughs> you. And he's so
2: good at creating that imaginative, uh just like fresh creature. You know. And I think that's the thing I, I've enjoyed the most out of these movies for sure mm-hmm. is that part of the imagination, those like bizarre things he just comes up with. And then we get those little Fox, little Roscoe looking. Fox, I have girls. a Chihuahua named Roscoe.
0: Yeah, they're so cute. I love seeing them all pop up again. Like, that was, that was super awesome. Yes. Yeah. Because you get one in Nausicaa, and I'm I'm like, wait, so. I almost got into it. I started thinking too much. I'm like, so is this like that? There's a different world. Yeah. What's going on yeah. here? And- no,
1: no, no, no. I thought the same. Well, yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm like, is there like a universal connection here? And then, it hit, of course, Ty Googled it, and he's like, no, Miyazaki just wanted it in the movie. <laughs> <You> just <laughs> he just likes those it was foxes. Cute. I
0: bet if you go to a, some Miyazaki themed store, you're just going to find those fox plushies.
1: Yes. Do we uh, see those in
0: assume. any
2: other film? Like, is that like a hidden thing that he might do? Oh, it's just maybe just for these two. Yeah, I think on,
1: yeah, yeah. I think it was just for these mm. two because after this one, after Castle in the Sky, Totoro came out, and you know, was oh, that you the next one? The, yeah,
0: yeah. That's a completely yeah because that one's modern day, isn't it? Or it's not modern day, but it's like you know, kind of. It's just regular people.
1: At yeah, that point. just regular people, mm. and they're like, "Ooh, tree spirits, what?"
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon, you'll see it's it, it everything is going to be completely different now. Like, you yes. watch these two, it's like, all right, well, yeah, nothing ever the same anymore.
2: <laughs> oh, really? Okay, yeah, I'm you'll see. Super yeah. curious because I'm probably going to continue this journey throughout. The Find year out, year out year in March
0: 2022, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: and this being the first of the films for the studio, uh, it is kind of a I could see how there's a transitionary period at that point. You know, um Nausicaa, I would even say, is very similar to this in the sense of, like, animation and feel and how his approach to, like, the world and, like, you know, respecting nature and everything, those themes are still kind of carrying over. And if he does do a tonal shift, which, you know, I was, I'm, you guys know that he does, uh, this was kind of like to get his older fans in mm-hmm. and then be like, okay, we're doing a switch now. And now that you know I'm here, we're going to do something new and fresh.
1: Yeah, yeah. That is it. That was exactly what his goal was for for Castle in the Sky, and he he delivered. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, I could totally see why a lot of people don't really think about this film, um, especially when it comes to like, oh, what's your favorite Miyazaki movie? There, you never hear Castle in the Sky because it's easily, you forget about it easily. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember the first time I watched it, like I enjoyed it thoroughly i loved it and then like a couple years go by and one of my friends was um i was showing all the studio ghibli films to one of my friends this past summer and uh we got to castle in the sky and you know i remember thinking like oh yeah i don't really know a whole lot about castle in the sky but i mean i don't know hopefully maybe he'll like it so yeah and then we and then i watch it i'm just like oh my gosh this movie's so much better than i remembered <laughs> um mm-hmm. yeah so and it's um it, what really really got me uh like what really gave me the good feels the good feelings was um patsu and shida's relationship it's yeah it's just definitely it's just so sweet
2: and so adorable his little connection with her and it's just he's always just trying to help and he seems to have the answer to everything and that's like exactly what she needs right now you know yes. um her struggle from the beginning is and him being there for her it, it just meshes perfectly because he just wants someone to kind of care for and help out mm-hmm. and he just wants to be a nice person and that's just what that character needed in her conflict
1: yeah and you know they're both orphans like
2: mm-hmm. both of her yeah. parents
1: died a- of natural causes, and his, his, we don't know, we don't know about Patsu's mom. Patsu's mom, mm-hmm. I assumed, probably died of childbirth with, by giving birth. You know what I mean?
0: I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause, cause you you know, he's pretty young anyway. Yeah. And he never mentioned Sir at all. Yeah. yeah. You know.
1: And his dad was an explorer and he, you know, he died trying to prove that Laputa is is real. It's, it's he saw it and everything. So you know he had so Patsu like has this mission to you know fulfill that wish for his dad. So he so you see that he works on this plane and you know they just stick they stick together. And uh, there's one particular scene that I do want to talk about um, with Patsu, uh, and that's uh, when Shida and Patsu are running away from the uh, the pirates and they and patsu tells his boss like hey they're after her they're after Sheeta and everything and you get this big breasted mom coming out and she looks all tough and stuff and she and she's like hey get in here so she grabs she, yeah, she, yeah. she grabs Sheeta, and into, and you know then patsu just stands all like mm, i'm a big manly yeah. man right behind his boss <laughs> and he's and you know his boss is like hey, what you doing here? And all this other stuff. Like, getting ready for this, like, torn up, like, tough boy fight, tough man fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Patsy's standing behind and He's like, yeah, I'm strong too. And then <laughs> this... And then the mom like yanks him inside, and she and she's like, "What do you think you're doing?" <laughs> and then he was like, "Well, I got to fight to protect Sheeta, right?" And he and she's like, "No, you're gonna get hurt, and someone needs to be around to protect Sheeta and all this other stuff." And he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, that's right." And I'm just like, "What an <laughs> ultimate mom move!"
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like make him feel in charge with that. It's just like, "Here, you're gonna have this job. You still have responsibility." And It's like, "You're right." Oh my god, it's it's so good. Yes. It's such a classic
2: move yes he and he's so good because he
0: you know we find out he had to
2: grow up really fast and take care of himself essentially you know Mm -hmm. and it's so heartbreaking but you see his attitude and the way he like acts and treats everyone around him like he's you know writing these characters are brilliant like every single one of his characters i have no complaints about because they have the right kind of flaw and the right um type of like resolution towards that flaw as well and like we see these characters all go through an amazing arc um, but him in particular like I just I, I I you know my heart was broken when she had to come out and say like I need you to forget about the city like yeah. I need to just walk away and just forget about it when you're just like no we just that's all he wants is just to prove that his dad was right yeah. and his dad like died for a reason and like that's it just breaks you apart and the fact that he gets to overcome all that and go there like you can see like how excited he was and he had this like amazing girl that he's just you know hit. He- uh, head over heels for, and just viewing it together, it's a, just, just a sweet moment, mm-hmm. and it's rare you got those, one, in animated films during this time, in the 80s, because at the time, what well, we had, like, the heavy metal movie, which is a totally different type of animation. Great for kids. Yeah, and, like, no. He-Man <laughs> and whatnot, you know, that's, like, what we had going on over here, but then you go to this side and you're just like this is just meaningful and beautiful and it's unless maybe there's like some indie films we really or you know less known films we really don't know about right now um it's just totally unique and even today i don't know how many films cover topics the way these films
1: do Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. for sure yeah because i think also at this time like even though it's one thing to always i guess people don't realize too like when we call it the Disney dub, uh, mm-hmm. it's Disney, I guess, helping them on the American side doing like the voice acting and the distribution. Because if you ever look at those Blu-rays and DVDs, you're gonna see, uh, Walt well, Disney on the back, and you'll see like it's part of that. But it's not; they're not owned by Disney or anything. Yeah. It's just, uh, I think for that whole set of getting everything over, you're gonna see that with a lot of the films. But they all are pretty much like that. But they're not really. Affiliated, It was like a contract at the time kind of thing where it's like a one shot uh, because obviously, you know, you can watch it now on HBO Max, which is mm-hmm. not it's like Warner Brothers. <laughs> so there's no real connection there. But just that Disney did that. And also at the time, you know, it's the 80s. I think Disney was at a darker point like they hadn't entered the Renaissance era yet yeah. for their films. So they're at what like Black Cauldron, which is still underrated, I would say. Uh, and also like uh, (laughs) I think like aristocrats aristocats and um, I forget what I like rescuers down under and stuff like you have those but there's not much else going on like they they haven't entered that so you do have that on the eastern side where you have this kind of coming in and filling that for all ages void uh, Mm -hmm. going on here just like I mean not Nausicaa I guess but you know the films that come after too Mm -hmm. like Todor and whatnot but it's just an interesting time. I don't know, 80, 80s is a very peculiar uh, spot in animation, I would say for sure. Yeah. Because a lot of things start and end all in that era. And then yeah. it's like a completely different world before and after. Mm-hmm
2: yeah and it was all very much i mean this was still the time of hand animation you know primarily like we had almost like zero graphics or you know computers at all yeah and i think that's what makes these films just stand out so much more because of that mm-hmm. uh, and you mentioned before when we were talking you had info on some of the animation things? yes
1: yes i do yes i do <laughs> who do i um <laughs> i'm i'm dicking for it right now um i'm,
2: I'm super curious about this yes
1: um, so i should i should put this disclaimer in already i do not work in animation the amount of old fashioned animation that i know about is um uh, disney introduced me to it uh it was actually i think it was my vhs copy of sleeping beauty that had like this like post credit sequence of like um hey this is how sleeping beauty was made or something like that and they oh, showed yeah, us
2: uh, Taves used to do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. and they yeah. showed us um,
1: the the layer thing, um, and they showed us like the layer thing and how like I don't know how far apart they were, but you would put them in these sliders, and the camera would be back, and you know you would put the layers where you want them to be. So like you would have your you would have your sky you would have your mountain and you would have your house and you would use the camera to kind of pan in or pan out or use it to oh, wow. move how however you wanted it to the um so the part where that I want to talk about is the and there there's like i, I believe if i counted correctly there's like th- four different uh, animation techniques that were unique at this time um, hmm. that Miyazaki used to uh, for Castle in the Sky. And one of them was uh, when the crystal glowed as she was falling out of the sky, mm-hmm. he used a technique called, um, I'm moving the mic. There we go, I can read better. Um, uh, he used three types of transmitted light and lith film work. Um, so the first one was transmitted light and then colored transmitted light and, and, uh, special transmitted light. So I'm just going to read word for word what it says. Cause you know, they explain it best. <laughs> uh, so the transmitted light is uh Sheeta and the background sky are filmed without the light first. Um, and the filmed is wound back only. And only the transmitted light is double exposed. So you have the cell where only the where only moonlit Sheeta is filmed, and you know she's just dropping from the sky, and she has like her hair will whistling back or something like that. And you have a cell where the where the um, light will shine, and that's just the white light. Wow. Um, Yeah, and that's just the white light and uh then they do the color transmitted light so this is a special technique devised to overcome transmitted light's weak point the transmitted light area is blackened and just just like in the first pass at filming this allows the transmitted light to spread well um concave mask of transmitted light you also need a complex black mask so that so the work is doubled okay um so what they were talking about there was the uh so the color transmitted light you have the cell that's all cut out and that has like the white light the initial white light coming in and then the second cell would be like i picture it kind of like semi-transparent um where, like, you have the cell that's, like, kind of bluish and that has, like, that kind of mm. sprouted outline. Yeah. Um, and that would be the initial one to take it into the special transmitted light. So the special transmitted light is the light where um, the light will reflect off her face. And um, uh, I'm trying to find the best way to explain it. So... Uh, So they say that it's basically the same as the color transmitted light, but now the work is done with the light source itself when the film when filming the second time. So the film is lit indirectly with Christmas tinsel beneath the filming platform. Christmas tinsel, yeah, I know, uh, filming platform to make the light shimmer. Um,
2: that's so cool. Yeah, just <laughs> super it's so- interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I just wish that I could, because <laughs> I had Ty explain it to me yesterday, because he he's more familiar with like the old fashioned animation stuff. I only knew about like the oh you put the sheets here and you put, do the camera work and all this other stuff. I'm like what is up with the light thing? <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> no, for us, Me Too, yeah. Yeah,
1: so Ty explained it to me as simply as he could. So I just took it as like, okay, the transmitted light is the outline of how the light is going to shine. And then the color transmitted light is the more opaque looking uh, cell. And then the special transmitted light is where is how the light is going to reflect off her skin and off of everything else. Um yeah they have like a whole thing here they used like one they use like a. they use like i don't know 12 or 15 different cells to uh really get that um shine through which is really really cool um
0: (laughs) 12 or 15 like at once or
1: uh let's see
0: That's like that would be what a lot of different layering, right? Yeah, yeah. I think
1: yeah, I think it, they um, I yeah, I think it would be, I think they used it all at once. I'm trying to speed read here.
0: Uh- <laughs> for sure, no worries. Yeah, because I'm I'm only on the audio side of things. I'm like when it comes to visuals, I'm like uh huh. Yes. What's going on? No, sorry,
2: I get that. That's sure. so cool. Oh yeah, I'm just you know, I was even looking at stills from Nazica and how he had the. Um, the Ohms move And it was the same thing And I was trying to understand what he meant But they were layers On how Like of the creature's bodies. So they'd have to film it Really like intensely For And kind of duplicate them at that point Yeah But the way it moves up and down They had different parts of them And it's like Six different sheets And they kind of have to move them In the right order For it to make that movement mm-hmm. And now that makes sense to me Because of this Like And how they have to adjust the lighting For different moments and everything yeah that is too cool Yeah. Oh, wow. so
1: reading up a little bit more about it they have um yeah so they did like the they, they did the layering type of thing so cell A and, so cell A and cell A apostrophe I'm just gonna call it A1 um so cell A is moonlight colored sheeta and cell A1 is ethereum crystal colored sheeta so that's when the uh crystal is like about to glow and then Ooh. um Ooh. So that's the same picture as, as cell A. Um, cell B is the Ethereum crystal reflection and cell C is the Ethereum crystal itself, which is normal coloring. Cell C1, Ethereum crystal itself, black coloring. Cell C2, uh, Ethereum crystal itself, transmitted light mask. So they had three different cells just for the crystal <laughs> with, wow. a, with a shadow with like just it's normal blue and then the shadow uh, and then um, and then like the cutout version of where the light is gonna reflect and stuff. Cell D is the Ethereum crystal emblem area. Cell F is um, black colored shadow for double exposure shadow and cell F1, transmitted light mass for light beam number one, cell G female mask for light beam number two, cell G1, transmission mask for light beam number two, and that's it. <laughs> so they, oh, wow. yeah, so they, I guess they just slid it on in, take picture, put it out, put another mm-hmm. in, all the other stuff, yeah. Just like, oh man, thinking about it just wears me out. <laughs> well, I can't even imagine yeah. like.
2: This goes back to what we were talking about last episode because this is a two-hour film. Like, just animation films, you know, here, especially in the Western, we're never more than, like, 90 minutes max, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a push. That's a huge push. Um, But I'm thinking, like, 70, 80 minutes or something. And these are all very, very long films with, you know, epic scenery. You know, and I guess that does make sense. They really spend a lot of time on the scenery and showing that. And I suppose that might be an easier way to, one, kind of take up time and really, like admire the artwork that was put into the craft but also you know it takes away from all the movements they're having to do uh but even then they always have like flying machines and like helicopters of some sort Mm -hmm. and whatnot so that's like a lot of little movements going on within one screen. So even then, even the you know, the simplest stuff they can do, it's super crazy. And they have tiny bugs, um, flowers moving everywhere, mm-hmm. like that must have been insane to kind of yeah. work with.
1: They have a uh, they have that th- that leads me on to my next animation thing, something called the flapter test.
2: Oh
0: wow. Yes. What <laughs> F- Fl- flapter?
1: Flapter. Yes, flapter test. Um so uh this was the, um, oh, dang it, what did he call it? I think he, machine that fly, flies around. So it's the, so I think that he wanted to call this this particular flying object the ornithopter, but they call it a flapter. Oh in the film, <laughs> and he said, he says this, the ornithopter is an actual word, but no matter which way you look at it, the flapter is shaped like an insect, so I couldn't very well call it an ornithopter. so I was left wondering what to do. It flies by flapping furiously, so I combined ornithopter with the word flap, and it just came with flapter.
0: <laughs> wow. And that's, that's the... So cool. That's the vehicle that the pirates used when they would leave uh, the ship, right? Yes. Because the the sound for that was also really interesting because the first time they utilize it, I was I'm not gonna lie I'm like watching it late night. I'm like laying down watching it and I I just hear it because I have headphones on so I'm just listening to, to it from, from my headphones and I just hear like mosquito and I'm just like ah yeah. Jesus Christ <laughs> I'm like yeah. oh my god <laughs> so it was uh that was a very unique thing to do and. Uh, the sounds they did use I uh, was very much like too real too real for me there, yes. especially at night
2: <laughs> the crystal sounds were some of my favorite oh it was fantastic that was just too interesting and it really like tells you it's something unique and totally not from like that world in a sense it feels very alien you know mm-hmm. um, but overall yeah I mean the soundscapes everything about this one it, it's it is a great film you know uh, it's one of those things like you can't really knock on it like it's it's not Nazica, but that doesn't mean it's not amazing you know but Nazica is like mind-blowing but this is like and the purpose it served and how he's switching away i'm wondering if this was kind of like a story that he just wanted to do just to get out there and that way he can make that transition into everything else
1: um yeah it said in uh the the introduction um kind of like the introduction that was written kind of like okay this is what happened leading up to castle in the sky mm. so um as soon as the uh as soon as the studio opened he already had plans for um my neighbor totoro princess mononoke mononoke sorry mononoke <laughs> and uh tales from Earthsea. uh the, oh, yeah wow. they had a yeah they had issues getting the rights for tales of earth and i know that his son ended up taking that taking um he ended up taking up that uh that that movie later which was not because yeah, yeah that doesn't
0: happen until way that's the one with the i never seen it but I, i'm just making sure i'm right that's the one with the dragon on the cover right yes. okay yes. yeah so i never I still haven't seen it yeah i haven't like i that.
1: haven't seen it yet either i'm still making my way through the takahata ones for that studio that um takahata did for ghibli uh but yeah. Oh, and they have a thing in here about uh um about where the name Ghibli came from. Would you like to know that? Oh, yeah. yes. I
0: never yeah, I'm always I just think of Jello for some reason. I don't know
1: why. <laughs> well, Ghibli does sound very mushy um, <laughs> and very jello-like, so I don't blame you. So, um they gave it the name Ghibli after a World War I Italian fighter plane and a hot wind that blows in Africa. <laughs> So wow, that is so cool. Yeah.
0: That makes so much. That just makes me think of Porkaroso yes. because of that. That makes so much yes. sense. Oh my um, god! That's and it goes great. with
2: everything. He seems to have some sort of unique flying machine yes. with everything. He, that's so cool. Yeah,
1: he. That's um. That's kind of his bread and. That's kind of his bread and butter. Uh, with all the um, uh a concept art of like the tiger moth and the goliath uh he has all sorts of concept art of the flying objects in this in, in the art book that um a lot he went so far as to give them like numbers like blueprint sort of numbers to uh really give um the the uh the team sort of like an, uh, an understanding of like how this object flies and how this object works and you know, it's really those little details that I'm like, man, if I and, you know, I, I kind of admire all animators for this. And um, but, you know, for Miyazaki in general, he just takes that extra step, that extra detail of, um, hey, for all you logical folks out here, here's how this works. If you actually like look at my blueprints here, this is how everything works. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So
2: that is mind blowing. That is so cool. Yeah,
1: it's yeah and uh yeah he just he goes above and beyond with all the little details even as so like going back to earlier you were talking about um just the little details every character even background character you just feel like that he had that they all have a story and that they all Mm -hmm. have um a personality that ties into the story somehow so yeah it's just it's those little details that that just makes you really like uh, Miyazaki's movies a little bit more so yeah oh yeah, no,
2: definitely. definitely you know it, and as like an introduction for me to like this whole universe I think that's a, a huge thing I appreciate it mm-hmm. was just you can see the effort and the hard work and the thought that went into everything and no, nothing is wasted mm-hmm. and that's super hard and um, it's
1: wonderful that you were introduced to this universe because you haven't seen Spirited It Away correct?
2: No this is his second movie see
1: that is awesome because a lot of people they're like you know that was well. Spirited Away is an amazing film. I'm not knocking Spirited Away um, at all, but it's really wonderful that you're being introduced to this wonderful universe uh, with the two most like forgotten films that Miyazaki wrote and he oh, directed wow. and everything. Yeah. So it's wonderful that you've that you're being introduced to this wonderful universe through these two films um and who, boy you're in for a treat uh <laughs> so
2: I'm so excited because like Nausicaa was just oh my I, I would rewatch it again right now like it's so mm-hmm. good and I'm glad I got to see Castle in the Sky twice because it's just you know little lines that you kind of look over like between the two and everything and like performances or you know small details you pick up the second time around you're just like wow this is just flawless like when you think of story and like, I, I think of story a lot as like um Lessons that teach you like survival, you know, and these films are all about that And it's an epic and you kind of just it's immersive and it's hard to get that and you get such a great conclusion to each one you're not kind of just left like Something you need a binge, you know, like you feel very satisfied after finishing one, finishing one of these films and you're just like that was I I feel different like I have a new mindset Mm -hmm. and it gives you like new information to think back on, you know They Um, make you
1: think you have, yeah. really do, yeah, you have a new outlook. They really do. Yeah, you have new outlook on the world. Um, mm-hmm. Every yeah, every Miyazaki film that you watch, you have a new outlook on how you view things. So yeah,
0: I, I definitely feel like because majority of the people that when they get introduced to Miyazaki, they're it's really yeah, Spirited Away and Mononoke, right? Those are like the main two that's like everyone's first uh, for, Ghibli movie for the most part. Uh,
1: for me, it was. Uh it was well Kiki's delivery service was my introduction into that the was world. The other one. Yes, yeah. into the universe. Um, and then it was and then it was Spirited Away and then House Weaving Castle. And uh it really wasn't until Ty and I re- got together he was, he was like, So um you know of Kiki's delivery service. And I'm just like, wait, you know about Kiki's delivery service? Because we were talking about films that, you know, were foreign and that may be foreign to other people and he's like oh no i know about kiki's delivery service that one's really popular do you know about house moving castle and i'm like never heard of it in my life um (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but yeah kiki was the only one that i really knew about and castle in the sky i only knew about through the trailer from the vhs tape um Mm. so yeah it was yeah, but that was my introduction and I think a lot of other people's introduction as well. Um and uh yeah, but you know, Ty watched Spirited Away first. A lot of people watch Spirited Away first, and um uh I do think I know I'm kind of veering off track here. Um <laughs> I no, no, don't know. Yeah, use. I think Spirited Away is amazing, but I do think like if you take away Spirited Away and you you know watch all the other ones that Miyazaki has what has that Miyazaki has made, I really think that you know you would find more appreciation in all the other films because yes, Spirited Away is awesome. It's amazing. I'm not saying it's overrated. It's not overrated. It's awesome. It's amazing. I just think, you know, there are a couple other films that are much better than Spirited Away.
0: <laughs> and people tend to oh. not even notice them because of that movie's exactly. existence. Exactly. Yeah, yes. I that for sure.
1: Yes. That's
2: that's super cool. I was going to ask you both this, like, since especially because we're uh, entering the close to the end of the episode now. Um, what would be your recommendation for the next step uh, for our listeners and for me, myself, actually, too?
1: Oh, my recommendation, as in like what movie they should watch next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Um It's a hard one, right? Yes. Because
0: I, I like to stick to the I honestly love release order for some reason. That's always how I do it. Uh, I think that's actually that's how I did it for the Ghibli movies. Except the, I think I skipped Ponyo.
1: The <laughs> um, next one was T- Totoro. Yeah, Totoro, my neighbor Totoro. Oh, Totoro. And then after okay. was Oh goodness. What came after? Was
0: that Porcarosa next or no?
1: Let me. I can't.
0: I can't remember. Let
1: me. Let me do a That's little it. Google search. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I gotta look on IMDb now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, because he, I think Mononoke wasn't until the yeah, '90s, right? Yeah,
1: Mononoke was 1996.
0: It was okay. it's Totoro, then Kiki, then Porco Rosso. So mm-hmm. I was, I was close. I was close.
1: Yes. So yeah. you can do it release order if you want to, or if you, um. My favorite, my absolute favorite is Princess Mononoke. I think thematically is just, it's very relevant and it will always stay relevant for as long as this planet is uh, in existence. It'll always stay relevant. Um, And second, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, It's a really good, uh, if you're if you're graduating from the 5th grade or you're graduating from 8th grade or high school or heck even college it's very the the theme in that is very applicable to um anyone going through a new chapter or about to embark on a new chapter in life it's just oh. yeah never lose well you know never lose yourself but also keep your mind open to new things is um kind of the theme that I get from Kiki's delivery service. And uh yeah, it's they're both both of those are amazing films. Um if you wanna watch something just for just to like get a little smile on your face or something like that, Castle in the Sky obviously is, you know, one of those that you just smile through. Mm-hmm. My neighbor Totoro is also a very sweet, endearing movie. Uh great father figure in that movie as well. Um oh, cool. <laughs> yes. Uh very very sweet movie if you if you want just to watch something just for the good feels totoro nice. is a really good okay, one cool. too
0: cool yeah cuz it definitely you're going to get away from i feel like this is also the last one you really get with the military uh for a while oh, at least oh, yeah, yeah cuz right. when you get to totoro it's a completely like brand it's going to be night and day uh compared to the last two like you're going to feel more connection between castle in the sky and nausicaa than you're going to mm-hmm. feel like Totoro with these two honestly oh
1: I oh, cool. I feel like I should add to if if uh Kamran, I'm not sure if your listeners are like parents or anything like that do not recommend Mononoke for your children it's more intense oh. <laughs> yes it's the only PG well oh. not the now it's not the only one uh it's one That's of true. the two PG 13 movies that Miyazaki directed um Mononoke has some gore has a lot of war uh War implementations in there, not children friendly at all. Um, oh wow! Yes, okay. uh, yeah. So some scenes, but if you do, if you do allow your children to watch PG thirteen movies, just so you know, I warned you has some very <laughs> yes. spooky scenes. until yeah, they're ten. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, my ten year old like, you gotta watch them it's Pretty gross. Yes. Yes. Oh
1: man. So yeah. Wow. But all the other ones, they're 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 fine. <laughs> they're good.
0: Totoro is going to be especially kid friendly, just because oh, yes. you'll the creatures you meet in it. You're like, oh, my kid will want my kid will actually want this. Like, yeah, it's pretty. That's yeah.
2: cool. Oh man, I am I am too excited to continue these, and I'm super glad that we chose these early on in the year just so I could continue. And you know, I this was my whole goal was to get into more, and me and Manga, like this year in general, and. It's just been an interesting start and it's a great way just to begin that journey and get you interested and kind of open your mind a bit um, and kind of realize it's like with anything that you choose, you know, you kind of have to find the really good stuff to get you hooked. And then you're just like on the boat from there on out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean... I don't know do you guys have any closing thoughts for this i i i'm just like really i want to go research just like last episode i'm like ready to go do research and it sounds like once again the concept art books for these films are like gold they
1: are amazing um my i mean castle in the sky is definitely the art the art book for castle in the sky is definitely full of just chock full of like fun facts special facts um and uh, a lot of little tidbits here and there uh I got um, one that I love to look at specifically just for the watercolor stuff is um, the Nausicaa art book where it just has his watercolor impressions and I'm just like, oh man, I want that on a poster. I want that on a poster. Um, <laughs> the most beautiful one I have is House Weaving Castle. I really like that one. Ooh. So yeah, it's very, very, very beautiful. Learned a lot about anim- computer animation from that as well. So yeah. Oh, wow.
2: Mm-hmm man and uh, that might be another like collection starter right there because just hearing about both of these art books for nausicaa and Mm -hmm. this one like i could only imagine the ideas you could get inspired by Mm -hmm. within them and just everything you told us about the ship and how they designed it i i
0: want to see it now like i just really want to immerse yes I honestly watching it again uh last night, I was like trying to look up and find the Blu-ray collection of the movies. Yes. I'm like, Oh I need the I need to, I need to yes. have these, but there's a, uh very worth owning. Yes, yeah.
1: there's steel there is uh there's steel back copies of all the Miyazaki movies and I mean we have all of them but now I just want the steel ones because I'm just like, okay, I just I just want to have these as my own and not to put in the, <laughs> the case in the back, yeah. but.
0: Wait, 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 so there's like the regular Blu-rays, but now they have the steel cases <laughs> individually though? Is it individual or are they all as a group? Uh,
1: I know Roman has, it, it's not, it, Roman doesn't have the steel one, but he has the collection on Blu-ray, um, which is all one thing. Uh, the steel covers are um, all individual.
0: Okay, yeah. am I, am, I this is gonna be where it's gonna be hard because I'm like, do I want all of them or do I want to just then get steel cases for the specifics and I can live without like all of them specifically? Because if if it's up to me, I'm probably gonna like the first one I'm getting would be Nasca and then probably Porcoroso yes. and Mononoke after that. Oh, but. there's some cool collections. I can't Because even... yeah, for me, <laughs> I, I'm excited because this has been like just briefly like this whole you know we've been in our houses for like mm-hmm. a year now. Like actually a year, it's been officially a year. Mm-hmm. And through it, I've had a very, very big Japanese kick going on. Cause like I played Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. I've been showing everyone Godzilla films again. Oh, and which I have watching, been like,
1: enjoying immensely by the way.
0: I'm glad you yes. have yeah. <laughs> and like going through Miyazaki, yeah, there's so many different instances plus like watching Gundam and other animes and stuff. Uh, I've been wanting to go there so mm-hmm. badly right now and at least like, you know, I'm in San Francisco and I'm probably in the biggest Japanese part of the country mm-hmm. at this point point. and I haven't been to our Japantown, which we're very famous mm-hmm. for, uh, in quite some time and I know they have some amazing shops there as well as one that may have these like steel cases and stuff so I'm just like oh man oh, now I gotta I need to go over there get the Nausicaa manga get the steel cases yes. for the a few oh, of these like yes. I, I just need to <laughs> I, I need these yeah
2: and this wasn't like based on a manga or anything this was like his own yes. story that was like straight to a yes. film um, it, okay.
1: it was inspired by Gulliver's Travels and Treasure Island but uh, mm. yeah all of this is his own it's his own original thing Um, How one cool. more plug in if I mean, say you do watch all the Miyazaki movies, which are fantastic, but um, uh, movies that are directed by his partner, uh, Izao Takahata, they're also Mm -hmm. very, very good. Um, He has a very different storytelling style, directing style, um, but uh, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, very, very good. Um, If you ever need a good cry, Grave of the Fireflies is also...
0: I have not seen that and everyone tells me that they cried uh, during that film. Yep. Uh
1: yep. I had to pause the movie probably two or three times just to recollect myself. It was Oh my it Because
0: that's during that's set in World War Two, yes. right? That's gonna be uh, during if, the okay, bombings okay, that's what I of World War Yeah, mm, the bombings yeah. and
1: stuff. It's it's intense. Uh Ty put it nicely this way. It's it's a hard watch, but it but you should watch it. It's hard, it's hard to watch though.
0: It's important. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Understandable, for yes. sure. Yes,
1: and one yeah. more. Ty and I watched PompoCo. Oh, that's hilarious! If you ever need to see <laughs> raccoon testicles engulf anything, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I think, you, yeah, I think you'd also oh very gosh. much enjoy that.
0: Show your kids. Yeah, show your kids <laughs> that. <laughs> it is kid friendly. The kids just like, I get it now. I get life. I understand. <laughs> I know what I have to do, Mom. Like, what? Yes. But yeah,
1: if you want to dabble into a little bit more of the Studio Ghibli universe, you can uh, – films by Azao Takahata is also very, very good. And Whisper of the Heart is also great. But – I mean, we're talking about Castle in the so <laughs> I just
0: No for sure. No, it's okay. Miles Miles took us on a, a whirlwind of different animes that weren't even in the Ghibli house. It was like completely yeah. different, so it's yeah. all good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I have like just so much homework to do now. I'm right. I'm excited.
0: Brandon's being introduced to the
2: East and he can't believe it. Oh <laughs> yeah, like it's I started sometime last year and then like this was just the perfect mm-hmm. transition point once we made this show and yeah like I said I'm glad this happened now and not like in the summer where I'm like I could have been watching and reading all this stuff this entire time like it's uh I'm super excited this is cool stuff um and so much information thank you so much for coming like prepared because again I you know just like last episode i did some research i did some understandings but i wasn't as fluent as i was with like all the bond and david fincher stuff and this was just super educational um for me so i'm so glad we got to have you on here today. of course
1: thank you for Definitely. having me on i enjoyed myself immensely and if you ever want to have me on again i i'd totally say yes so
0: <laughs> excellent yeah because yeah. this is your this is your podcast debut this is your very yes, first podcast right it
1: is it's my oh, first wow. podcast ever um and uh, I hope I did a good job. <laughs> no, definitely.
2: yeah, definitely. And you like had us in awe the entire oh, time. Oh, good. I'm, I just I'm gonna spend money now. So thanks for
0: that. No problem. Go <laughs> we'll yeah. get some content. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Ka- Carlos is gonna be very happy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, gonna be very pleased that he's spending more money. <laughs> I got more books. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I also, I'm probably at the end. I have to correct it now because I realized I said episode five when it's episode six. So that's gonna be a a oh, quick cut in cut out. Yeah, that's yeah that's so I'll have right, to yeah. cut that out. <laughs> but Alessandra, where can everyone find you? Oh,
1: so um, uh, when is this? So first of all, my Instagram my Instagram is aharms11. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, but it is set to private. So whenever this episode airs, I will make it public so you can start following me. Um, I post fan art mostly of Studio Ghibli uh, things. So if you are an artist, I will definitely share you. I will save you, uh, just save you to like some collections and stuff. Um, And uh, so that would be good like self-promotion for you. I also follow a lot of cosplay stuff, uh, cosplay accounts. So if you cosplay, I will also promote you that way as well. Um, I'm also on Twitter. At a one one e bear, uh, alley <laughs> Bear. Yes, so you can follow me on Twitter if you want. I just, I mean, if you want to be the posse of six people who like my tweets, that would be great. Um,
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have your Twitter and Instagrams in the show notes as well, so people can go through there. and find Sweet
1: and uh, Facebook. Uh, don't find me on Facebook. <laughs>
0: yeah, <don't> find- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone, stay away from people's Facebooks. Don't yes, no want yes, to. Yes. yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, awesome. but that's where you can find yeah. me um, yeah I do a lot of promotion stuff and uh, you know here and there I'll um, I mean I, I'm i a cosplayer I like to dress up and stuff but you know with conventions not being a thing right now I haven't been able to do that but you know what if it's your career I'll go ahead and promote you like hey look at this person they're great so yeah. no- no- awesome. normally
0: I'll send her at Dragon Con and we'll, we'll run around yep. dressed up as people yes. it's great yes <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, Brandon, where can people find you? Of course,
2: uh, you can check out Apollo City Comics on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. And we're on all YouTube, we're on all podcast platforms. And when this airs, we just created a brand new YouTube channel. So just go ahead and follow us, Apollo City Comics, on YouTube. And that's it. Just awesome. and forget about Sutra.
0: That's fine. Oh, no, okay. No, thanks. You yeah. no, promote this show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and if and, you're yeah oh, go, go, i would say i'm
2: also on uh Kamran's cut of steel which we're covering all the dc movie all the Snyderverse dc movies and you won't find me here twice a month as well
0: yeah and of course you can find me on twitter at gogo comzilla you can you already fall this show most likely so you can catch the other shows though on the sutra side talk network or channel not network technically uh, James and I, my co host will talk about uh, Games, Movie, TV, News, Weekly And then, of course, we also have Up To It, Down To It, a show where myself My friends, uh, Miles, Ty, and Roman Will just uh, talk about a specific topic And go off the rails From there, it's probably your most Ridiculous show, and that one's very Once in a while, What's too the
1: most ridiculous Ty, I've ever met. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ty and I. <laughs> yes. Ty and I are an item, just so you know. So. Yeah. We're
0: an a, item. It works out, yeah. Because if you, no one knows here, but like we're on Zoom right now, and uh, right now she's on Ty's Zoom yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So it's like it's his Ty, but uh, he's been in the background a little bit doing some tech stuff. So it's been great. He's just but, playing a video game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is he playing Demon Souls? Yeah, he's right? playing Demon right?
1: Souls right now.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Okay, He's waving, he says hello. <laughs> I can't see you, Ty. I don't know what you're thinking. But all right, uh, this has been a great episode. And next month will be April and we'll be getting into Bakshi. Yes! So more 80s oh, animation. I'm so excited. We're doing uh, Fire Nice and, and American Pop. I forget what the order. I think it's American Pop first since that came out before Fire Nice, right? Is that the plan? I'm
2: not too sure. I thought it was Fire Nice first. Which, wait, uh... Have you seen these films? Do you know anything about Ralph Bakshi?
0: I've seen Fire and Ice and Heavy Metal. I have not seen anything he else. He didn't his, do anything. Oh, okay.
2: Oh okay. No. All right. Okay. So then I've just did, seen uh, Fire and Ice. Yeah. Like Felix the Cat, which I again, yeah watch, I, I, I have a story. A I have a
0: story about that. When we do, when we get into American <laughs> pop, I might talk about it. the <laughs> most. <But It's we'll... laughs> intense It doesn't involve movie. me actually, it involves it involves my mom. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. would um, yeah. <laughs> be an
2: interesting topic. Yeah, that would be great. But he also did the 70s Lord of the Rings uh, animated film and I think that's what he's most known for. So this is some of his continue uh continued work. I'm trying to think what his other super popular film was and I'm totally spacing it, but we'll be talking about him all month next month and I am so excited because American Pop like, makes yeah. me cry every time. It's beautiful.
0: And we don't know yet who's going to be our uh, rotating chairs yet for this one, but we'll, we'll we'll most likely have someone, I think. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Worst case scenario, it's just me, Brandon, and I, but we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll yeah. definitely see how it goes there.
2: But thanks for tuning in, and thank you so much for being our guest on the show, and I'm glad we have an expert in this. I'm so excited to get started.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, all. No
1: problem. Hope to be on here again.
0: Definitely. But until uh, next month, everybody... We'll see you all later. Later. Bye.
1: Bye.